0: TV Rain was Russia's last remaining independent TV station. They went off the air this month. The last words before the program ended, no to war, definitely no to war. Then the hosts left their set. Many of the station's journalists fled Russia after that, including Tihan Zudko, the editor-in-chief. He and his family went to Tbilisi, Georgia, where my co-host Mary Louise Kelly spoke with him last week. He is one of the tens of thousands of Russians who have fled since the start of the war.
1: I think all what is happening is absolutely unpredictable. One month ago, we lived in a different world. I was sure that war was not going to happen.
0: Even though TV rain, as he knew it, is over, Zudko still feels a responsibility to continue to report out the news.
1: We have to continue spreading information and truth to Russians and the Russian-speaking audience. We don't know where, We don't know how, we don't know when, but definitely sooner or later, rather sooner than later, we will uh, continue broadcasting.
0: Since arriving in Tbilisi, he and his wife have started a YouTube channel. He's not sure if reporting from outside Russia will pose a risk to their safety, but he's trying not to think about the potential consequences right now. Instead, he's thinking about how to get the news and the truth of what's happening to Russian people back home.
1: A lot of People in Russia are brainwashed by the propaganda. And a lot of people in Russia, unfortunately, don't understand what is actually happening in Ukraine or in Russia or in the world. It is our role now to try to reach out to every citizen of Russia, telling them that black is still black, white is still white, because unfortunately, Russian government wants them to think black could be red, or black could be blue, that war is not a war, that um, the Russian army is uh, succeeding there.
0: And while Zedko is thinking about his homeland from a neighboring country, wondering if and when it'll be safe to return, consider this. It is not an entirely unfamiliar moment. Tens of thousands of Russians have fled from their own government in the last month, many to Georgia. A nation that still acutely feels the aftermath from when Russia invaded in 2008. From NPR, I'm Elsa Chang. It's Monday, March 28th. It's Consider This from NPR. More than 30,000 Russians have arrived in the country of Georgia since Russia invaded Ukraine, fleeing from their own government. While some of them have since moved on, many say they are staying. But taking in refugees brings up complicated feelings for many Georgians. Russia occupies 20% of Georgian territory, and Russian troops creep in on more territory by pushing their borders on foot. And so many Georgians still mourn loved ones who died when Russia invaded back in 2008. Here's Georgian security expert Natia Siskoria. It's uh, 2022, and there are still ongoing tensions, and um, we are facing very, very
2: serious threat. And unfortunately, what we see today is just, uh, I think it's just a
0: continuation of what Russia has been doing in Georgia for many, many years. Many of the Russians that have stayed in Georgia say it is not safe to go back, and that they're angry with what their country is doing. My co-host Mary Louise Kelly reported from Tbilisi last week, where she spoke with several of them.
2: We're going to spend these next few minutes sharing the stories of three Russians we have met here in Tbilisi, starting with Alexei Voloshinov. He's the youngest of the people you're about to meet, just 20. But we're starting with him because we can share where his story begins, back in Moscow. This is Alexei walking through the botanical gardens, what Russians call the pharmacy garden, central Moscow on March 4th.
3: It feels like real, not real. I still cannot believe that uh, tomorrow I'm going to leave my country, maybe for my whole life. I hope not, but <laughs> this is a possible option.
2: He says this was not a move of choice, that as a young journalist, he was afraid to stay in Russia. And as a young man, he was scared of getting drafted to fight against Ukraine.
3: But still, I would really like to come back one day to the great Russia of future. <laughs> future great Russia, yeah
2: just a little over two weeks later, we meet up with Alexi at a park, this time here in Tbilisi. Hello. Hi. Alexi. We yeah. walk together Hi. to a cafe to get out of the rain, and that's I ask actually, if he's yeah. managed to pick oh, up much mm-hmm. Georgian yet. Like the... Having just arrived myself, I am finding the language and its alphabet beautiful, but hard.
3: Uh, I know uh, Gamarjoba, <laughs> <laughs> madloba. That's 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 hello. And thank you. I know tho. This is yes. And I know Ara, this is no. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) That's that's the beginning.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: In the cafe, over plates of salty Georgian cheese and walnuts, I ask Alexei, what happened
3: after he left Moscow? Well, uh, the thing is, I didn't have any plans.
2: First, he flew to Armenia, where he thought he would stay for a bit.
3: Then, after just two or three days, uh, my father called me and said uh, that police was uh, looking for me in Moscow. And that day, I decided to leave Armenia and move to Georgia because uh, there is no extradition from here.
2: Did you know anyone in Tbilisi?
3: Well, no, no. He met other Russians here. They went apartment
2: hunting, something that has gotten really hard to do in recent days. There's the fact that rents are going up because the market is flooded with Russian house hunters. And there's the fact that not everyone wants to rent to Russians, given Georgia's complicated history with its giant neighbor. The first apartment, Alexei tried to rent.
3: The host has asked us if we are Russians. We said yes, and uh, she said that uh, she cannot give us this place to live uh, because Russian soldiers have killed her son in 2008 during the war between Russia and Georgia. So this is really understandable.
2: They finally found a place. Alexei says he's looking for a job, starting to feel settled.
3: After I left the country, it was uh, the first time I could sleep and eat normal. So worried. So worried. Yeah.
2: Would you like to go back though? Do you want to live back in Russia? Of
3: course, of course, yes. Uh, The first possibility, after the Putin's uh, regime is gonna fall, I will come back like the next day.
2: We've arranged our next interview at a pub called the Black Lion, over pots of steaming tea. Lev Kalashnikov, like the gun, also just arrived in Tbilisi from Moscow early March. He's already a mover and shaker in the exile community here. He's a tech entrepreneur trying to help other entrepreneurs set up shop, move their businesses here. He says Tbilisi is hotter than anywhere right now, partly thanks to so many Russians with ambition and money pouring in. But it's tricky trying to navigate bureaucracy, paperwork, all in another language. He tells us the story of his second day here. He was standing in a huge line trying to buy a SIM card.
4: And in the line, there was 50 people in front of me and 50 after me. And I was looking around and I'm saying, wow, I did this step before. I can share my experience with these people.
2: So he created a channel on the Telegram messaging app, which everybody here seems to use. A chat room, basically, that people could join by scanning a QR code.
4: And started showing to people around me. You,
2: in the line? You're in stand, the line. In the line, you in create line. this QR code. Yeah,
4: when I left this uh, place, it was like 30 people in the chat. And uh, later that day, it was 200. Next day, it was 700 people.
2: It kept growing. Some 5,000 people are following that Telegram channel now, swapping tips on all kinds of stuff.
4: Mainly are people asking about how to transfer money. 15% of people are asking about schools and uh, kindergarten. Many asking about uh, how is it going on the uh, land border to cross over over
2: Lev now runs several telegram channels for Russians coming to Georgia. He says he is constantly fielding questions that he tries to answer, even when he can't help. Like a recent message he got from a man in Russian-controlled Crimea, whose wife is stuck in the war in southern Ukraine.
4: This guy uh, sends me a message that she got uh, very uh, ill, and there is uh, fighting on the streets, and the bombs are going on. I don't know what to do with that. What can I do with that? But for some reason people are texting me this. And I cannot help it.
2: His voice breaks, his eyes well up with tears. He reaches for his tea, takes a long breath.
4: Every single message that I get is a tragedy.
2: Our final stop for the evening is a hole-in-the-wall bar in Old Tbilisi. It's called Ploho Bar. Ploho means bad in Russian. (laughs) A dozen or so people pack into this tiny space, all speaking Russian, chugging beers, taking shots of vodka. The walls are scrawled with marker, Russian sayings, crude drawings. 23-year-old Nastasia Dubovitskaya just left Moscow a week ago. She's working tonight behind the bar pulling beers. I wanted to go to rallies after the war started, but I knew that it would be... more dangerous. Nastasia says she was detained for seven days for attending a rally. She believes if she had stayed in Russia and kept protesting, she wouldn't be out so soon. <laughs> I just decided to go here uh, because I knew that I can help Ukraine and Ukrainians here better than from Russia. She points to a Ukrainian flag hanging on the wall. Next to it, a QR code for a website to donate money to the Ukrainian army. Nastasia says she's saving money to donate. It's part of the reason she's working here at the bar. But it's hard, she says. Her last day in Moscow, she went to see her dad. He's still there. We talked a lot and I've seen him crying for the first time in my life because he was so worried and he said that there is no future in Russia. Just run and find something new no future in Russia. So just run, find something new. So she did. One of tens of thousands of Russians who have run from their country since it invaded Ukraine nearly one month ago.
0: That was my co-host Mary Louise Kelly reporting from Georgia last week. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Elsa Chang.